to say that investors are not particularly interested in this uh, was probably truer five or 10 years ago. And I think it's becoming less true, if I can say that, um, as, as time goes on. The Cohen Report, a no-holds-barred review of what's hot and what's not in integrated reporting. The world's only integrated reporting podcast with your hosts, Neil and Simon. Right. So here we are back with the Integrated Reporting 101 podcast. This is episode number three. Three out of three. This is the final one of the mini series that we put together. It's going to be very quick. We're not going to take too much of people's time. And we're going to we're going to talk a little bit here about the challenges of an integrated report. And we're going to talk about the opportunities that an integrated report brings and also, you know, what can an organization do if they want to start this tomorrow. So I'm Neil, Neil Smith. I work for Coan and I'm joined by my colleague Simon. Simon, uh, you're in France. You're still locked down in France at the moment, right? We are locked down and actually the restrictions have just been, or tougher restrictions have just been reimposed in some areas. But you know, the spring is here and uh, sun is out and England are 130 for one, so that's not too bad. <laughs> well, everything is almost good then, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're going to talk today about integrated reporting and the basics. And, and I think it's worth mentioning as we do in the other podcast, but who this podcast is for. And it's for anyone, but I think what it's aimed at is report preparers of organizations and, and those who are maybe thinking about getting into integrated reporting, but haven't quite made the step and are ready to make the step. So this should give you a very quick overview of the type of things you'll come up against. And also those that are just curious about integrated reporting or students or such, I think it's quite a good series for them as well. On that, I thought I'd start with the first thought or first question that I had written down. And we did talk a little bit about this in the previous episode, but I wanted to dig into it just a little bit more. And that's really one of the thoughts that I hear a lot through our work with clients is when they want to get into integrated reporting, they, they want to know or they think a lot about what the main challenges of an integrated report are. And one of the things that I wanted to get your opinion on, Simon, that I think comes up is, do you think it's better to go for a top-down approach? So you try try and engage the executive level on integrated reporting and the benefits, etc. Or do you go from the bottom up? So you usually have passionate individuals in sustainability or communications who really like the idea of integrated reporting. They understand the benefits and they want to introduce that into their organization. Both come with their, their challenges and, and both uh, come with yield maybe maybe different routes to get to the same result. But I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on that, Simon. Well, I think, I think you know, obviously in an ideal world, you, you, you want both because you need somebody at the bottom in inverted commas who's, who's got the time and the resources and the enthusiasm to, to work on this and to get their head around you know, some of the principles of integrated reporting. But you also ultimately need the support of senior management and you need the support of the CEO if it's going to go anywhere. The thing to really bear in mind is that the report itself is just the end product. It's really the process that's important. It's that integrated thinking and that integrated process that, that's important. And without the CEO or without the senior decision makers in the organization, and that part of it is not really going to work. And the danger then is that you have a report that looks very nice, has a lot of the right elements, that driven by the enthusiasm of one or two very enthusiastic individuals, but actually doesn't really reflect what's going on within the company. So ideally, you do need both. Um, you do need both elements. You need you need the bottom up approach and and you need the top down. I mean, we've come across plenty of organisations where 
effectively integrated reporting has been mandated by the CEO or someone very close to the CEO. And, you know, that often works because this, if the CEO wants something done, it tends to, it tends to get done. Yeah, that's true. And so let's take, for example, an organization who hasn't, you know, hasn't, they, they have a, an enthusiastic person in, in sustainability and they want to get the CEO or the CFO on board. I remember we we had some when we were both working in a, with an, an insurance company. We we engaged with the CFO at that time. We got him on board. How how do you think a company can go about getting? How can they sell this idea? How can they sell the benefits of an integrated report to a C C level um, executive? You know, to to a CFO or a CEO. What's a good hook? A good place to start to get them on board? Well, I suppose you, you've got you've got to make the business case. So you've got to you've got to marshal your arguments. You've got to look at exactly what you think an integrated report and that process will do for your organisation, and then. Of all the advantages that you think it will bring, you've got to tailor those to the individuals that you're, you're, you're talking to. So maybe if you're looking to get a CFO on board, maybe what would appeal to, to them is actually the regulatory side. Integrated reporting is the way regulators are now thinking about uh, increasingly about uh, about corporate reporting, and maybe that's something that would appeal to a CEO, uh, to a CFO, um, to a CEO. Maybe that's it's a little bit different. Maybe it's about you know your positioning as a company and the value you bring to society. Maybe that's the the channel you should use. But I think it's worth putting together a proper business case that looks at first of all. What are the advantages? Why should you actually do this? And of course, the resources, what do you actually need to do this to get us from the position we're in now to publishing a a decent integrated report? And then it's a matter of making that case and and selling it to to your CFO, to your CEO, to, um, you know, your human rights, a human resources officer and and so on. And then it's about tailoring the argument a little bit and saying, well, you know the CFO spends a lot of time on regulatory issues. That's the real argument that that will that will swing it with uh, with them. And you know the CEO maybe looks more at the brand and the positioning, and maybe that's the argument that will swing it with that particular person. So so I think you you have to look at the argument in the round as a whole, and then you have to tailor it to the individuals that you're talking about. That leads me to one of the other challenges that I thought of when starting an integrated report, and that is is there financial investment required? And I think. Well, the answer is yes. It's just to what level and to what extent, and and where you begin, um, where where you begin from. I mean, many organisations that are thinking about integrated reporting may already have a lot of their reporting processes in place. They may already have a system for for gathering data, and they may already have the relationships they need with to to write the report, etc. But do you think that financial investment is a is a barrier to an integrated report, or do you think it's just a different way of maybe using that resource, the, the resources that you already spend on reporting? No, I don't think it's a barrier. I mean, I don't think the additional financial investment is is really or should really be much of a consideration because what you're talking about shouldn't really be additional reporting. It's more about changing your your approach to reporting. And of course, that change process costs in terms of resources and skills and uh, and financially, but it really shouldn't shouldn't be the, the, the big issue. I, I think that the really, really big issue in changing to integrated reporting is actually like any change uh, program. It's can we actually make the change? Are we too conservative? Are we too set in our ways? Can we really get our head around doing things, things differently? Um, and I think one of the biggest obstacles we tend to come up with has nothing to do with the financial investment or even people learning new skills. It's actually, you know, we've done this this way for 30 years and that's the way we've always done it. That's the way 
we think the regulator requires us to do it because they have for the past two or three <laughs> decades. And now you're telling us we've got to do this differently. And to try and get your head around that and to get your head around the fact that in some areas, non-financial areas, it's still a relatively young discipline. So the rules of the game aren't nearly as fixed or as clear as they might be for financial reporting. And to get organizations to work in a different way, I think that's more of the issue. I don't think that the financial investment is any kind of impediment. I think it's more about the inbuilt conservatism in, in many organizations, in all organizations, in fact, of a, of a certain size. So yeah, I think I, I would uh, I would agree that um, I don't think financial investment is is a barrier. I don't think it, it requires it does it doesn't require more or less per se. I think it's um, the other things that that you mentioned. I think the other aspect, integrated reporting as a as a concept, is it that they're not hearing anything from their investors, so therefore it can't be that important. So therefore, it's not really worth wasting time on or money on. It's a good idea to go through some of those arguments and say, right, you know, what am I likely to hear back from the CFO when I raise this issue, you know, or the CEO, and how do I count some of those arguments? Very good point, and we hear this quite a lot. So maybe I'm just going to pick on one of those for the time being. You mentioned one that's saying, you know, my investors are not asking for this yet, which, you know, if you look at the original IR framework, which was recently revised, uh, I think in January, it was it was aimed solely at investors. So it's a, it's a point that we have heard ourselves in our work, and it's a point that you do hear that the CFO is, is saying, you know, investors are not asking for this yet. And... Uh, my point of view is, well, well, so what? They will at some point and you'll be well prepared. And also you have many other stakeholders. But what do you think? Is, just to talk about that, what is a good answer? What is a good response to give the CEO or the CFO about that? I would say it's twofold, your answer. that First of all, um, investors, I think, are increasingly interested in this. And that's partly driven by regulation in that sector itself and uh, things like the new EU taxonomy on, on sustainability. Uh, activities. So that is driving more capital, more investment into assets that can be classified as sustainable. Um, And so that inevitably will drive investors to start asking about sustainability issues. To say that investors are not particularly interested in this uh, was probably truer five or 10 years ago. And I think it's becoming less true, if I can say that, um, as, as time goes on. So I think that would be the first element of, of the answer. And I think the second one is that um, although you've got to respond to to what your investors want, and that's what reporting is, is about, um, you also should have a leadership role. So you should be saying to investors, well, you know, we're going to report on this because it's important uh, to us. And it's important not because it's a nice thing to have or to do or to report on, but because, you know, it really does drive the value of our company, it does drive our performance. And there is an onus on companies, I think, to to say that. You know, we we report on employee engagement not because it's it's a nice thing to do, not because we, we want to provide a nice place to work, but because actually, you know, we think if we do that, it has some really positive benefits for the business uh, as well as the employees. And of course, ultimately, it has positive benefits, therefore, for the investors and for the returns that you can uh, you can you you can um, the returns you can make on on uh, on on shares. Yeah, it's actually an interesting point because if I think about some of the clients that we've worked with, there are some that take that approach. They understand the benefits wider than simply just you know uh, an investor is asking for it. And to be honest, they do some very 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 good reporting. And then we have other clients that have came to us and said, "Listen, we need some help because this has really came from inve- we've we've had investors." Yeah. 
wanting more of this. And, you know, the, the, the end result is that they're doing an integrated report. So that's great for everyone, but the motivation behind it is slightly diff- different. And then you have a different journey to get to that report would be my, my uh, interpretation yep. of that, which is which can be quite interesting. But yeah, quite an interesting point point you make there, actually. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's there's no getting away from it, even if 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 you don't have a a major investor that's asked for it. Maybe not now, but they will at some point. So I think the key message is you you can be proactive here. You don't have to be reactive, and you can get ahead of the game. And companies that tend to do that tend to report very well and tend to have very good uh, transparency, etc. And they're in their companies and reporting. So I think that's a, a key point to make. Another one to add to that uh, that most sustainability professionals are well aware of is Larry Fink from uh, BlackRock's uh, letter now that is, seems to be a, a regular thing, goes out once a year and is focused on ESG and companies are taking that a lot more serious as well. And so um, reporting like this, you know, they, they're what the largest asset manager in the world now, I think, uh, BlackRock. If, if they are focusing on this, whether they invest in your company just now or not is, is you know, not as not important perhaps, but it shows the scale and that people are really interested in this stuff. Exactly. So moving on to another thing that, that uh, can often be talked about or ignored depending where you start is the opportunities. So mm. I think there's there's many opportunities and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on on these. But I think one of them is you're, you're able to tell a better value creation story, hopefully to investors and, and your other stakeholders. And, and it sounds like a very cliche or a very normal, oh yeah, here we go, value creation. But I don't think it should be underestimated. I think that ultimately can lead to better decision making within an organization organization. And then on top of that, you can comply with regulations such as the EU directive and however that's been implemented in your in your country. But what's your thoughts on, on the opportunities that it brings? We've spoke a little bit about this in previous episodes, but what are the main sort of opportunities? What are the main things that a report preparer can use in their business case to sell this idea internally? It's part of what you mentioned. So the ability to tell a much better value creation story. That is sort of, the, that's the result. Actually, the big opportunity is understanding more about your business. As long as you focus on financial reporting um, and you produce, every year you produce a balance sheet and you produce a profit and loss statement, you tend, your understanding through that reporting tends to be constantly in terms of euros and cents. What integrated reporting does, it enables you to begin to sort of look at what are the mechanics within my company? How does this work? How is it that... Um, you know, if I have more engaged employees, does that really mean that I have better sales or better customer loyalty? You know, if I look at environmental risks in more detail, how does that actually affect the performance of my company? Do I become a better company? And ultimately, I suppose, do I have better financial performance and am I better able to provide decent returns to to shareholders? So Integrative reporting gives you that mechanism when it's done well, gives you that mechanism to start looking under the bonnet of a company and saying, right, how do these bits fit together? How is it that this leads to this, that leads to this? And actually, those are the opportunities that you start unearthing connections and data that will enable you to go, you know, to your HR department or to your risk department and say, look, you know, if we if we can push the pedal a little bit more on that thing, we'll get a better result out of it. And I think that is actually the big opportunity is understanding more about the company and how it works mechanically within within the organization. 
Yeah, I think I agree, but it's also a very uh, optimistic view of reporting, which of course we're a big fan of, but it's often a challenge as well within a, an organization or a company to get that real optimism within the, the ranks that need to get involved and approve these things. But but yeah, I do agree with that. It's actually a hugely complicated thing to do. It's very easy to say, in theory, this is what should happen as a result of integrated reporting, but it, it's an incredibly complicated thing to do. I mean, how long ago did we start uh, measuring things like customer loyalty and employee engagement? I mean, you're, you're probably already going back 10, 15, 20 years, you know. So it takes time to sort out, you know, how do we measure these things? What kind of methodology do we use? How do we make it accurate? How do we analyze the data? How do we link that to other parts of the business? I mean, it's it's easy to say and, and very difficult and rather complicated to carry out. But actually, the more a company understands about its organization and its place in society and how it can create value, ultimately, the more value it will create. I mean, it's a very old adage that, um, you know, it's it's what gets measured that's important. And this also applies to a lot of financial and non-financial uh, data, because if we don't measure this and we don't look to improve it, because we can see the, the connections within the organization, then those improvements won't take place. Fair point. Fair point. Okay, so we says we'd keep it short and we are keeping it short today. So I'm coming on to my, my final uh, question and I thought it'd be a good place to end this little, you know, mini series. So if I'm an, say I'm an organization, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an organization just now, I have a sustainability report and I, I have momentum, I have the desire and I have some resources to start an integrated report. What should I do tomorrow to get started? I think the first thing is to is to look at how sustainability fits in with your company's strategy. So how does it support that strategy? How would you put it into an integrated story? See, ultimately, the, the problem with having a separate financial report and a sustainability report is that you're constantly telling your readers implicitly that sustainability is something separate. So that, you know, the company is here in the annual report, you can see all the numbers yeah. and sustainability is something separate. So I think the first step is almost a conceptual one. So is can we fit sustainability in with a strategy? Can we show how it supports a strategy and how it supports the performance of the company? So I think from a, from a sort of conceptual point of view, that's the first step because that will show you, that will give you at least some idea of what the ultimate product will look like, what the ultimate integrated report would look like, because ultimately what you're going to try and do is merge these two, these two together. And then from a, from a practical point of view, I think there's editorial work to be done. You, you're going to need to go through that report and, and just go through chapter by chapter how you're going to bring in some of these non-financial elements. And that means, you know, what are you going to do with the content? What are you going to do with KPIs and metrics and so on? How are you going to make that um, story flow properly within within the report? How are you going to tell a convincing a convincing story? Um, and then it's really about putting the right processes in place. So probably if you've got a separate annual financial report and a sustainability report, you've probably got two separate processes or at least parallel processes. So how can you bring that together? You know, do you have a disclosure committee? In which case, do you have the right people on it? Are they giving you the right kind of scrutiny? Um, have you spoken to your auditor about how this is going to work? So I think that there's work, I think there's work to be done on the sort of conceptual side so that you have a clear vision of where you're going, where you're headed and what the end product will look like. I think there's definitely work on the editorial side, which is, is far from straightforward. And then there's report on the process side, you know, which is about having the right people reviewing and approving the text. It's about also 
having the right systems in place to collect information and, and data and so on. And you know that might take um, that might take more than one cycle to get to get right. You know we we've obviously worked with companies before that have made that step, that have merged their financial report and their non-financial report. Yeah. And you'd have to say in in year one they didn't quite get it all right, but year one was a necessary step towards year two where you know, when they made further progress and they got a little bit closer to getting it right. So I don't think it can often be done in, in you know, in, in within one cycle. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a good point. And often when, when I get asked, you know, what do we need to do? We, we, we're not quite ready to, to call this an integrated report. And then when you look at the report, they have all the... the the main elements of, of an mm. integrated report. They, they talk about value creation. They have a nice value chain and business model. They have a very robust materiality exercise, but sometimes just a bit scared to brand it as an integrated yep. report. And something that I often tell people and have told people when I've been speaking about this in the past is that it's not, something that is a big bang and suddenly you have this wonderful integrated report that meets all the requirements, is fully compliant, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, if we go back to the, the first discussion we had on this in episode one, which is really about, or, or maybe it was episode two, I can't remember, it was about principles-based versus a rules-based thing. It is principles-based. It does give a bit of flexibility and you don't have to do everything at once, all at once, and have this, we'll have the, the most compliant integrated report ever. So I think it's it's the point that you just make just now and there's one to really keep in mind as a new uh, integrated reporter is that you can start small and just work up to it and, and get better at it as the years progress. And I think it also goes back to the point we were making earlier, which is about inbuilt conservatism. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a criticism necessarily, because I think all organizations of a, of a particular size have conservatism built into them, resistance to, to change. And you, you, can, you can see it in reporting, you know, people they're used to what they have already. They know the processes and the systems and they can make them work. And people get attached as well. We used to work in the sustainability department. We were quite attached to our sustainability report. And that made us quite conservative when it came to came to dropping it and merging it with, with the financial report. And I think you see that in a lot of organizations. And sometimes it's difficult to get individuals to say, um, you know, to make a sacrifice for the greater good to say, um, you know, we'll, we'll give up this sustainability report because we're, we're trying to create something better. Yeah, we even see it with current clients. You know, mm. we 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 get asked to come in and and help them do a better integrated report or a better report aiming getting them closer to an integrated report. So we do that, and then often you'll get people from other departments saying, "But this has changed. This isn't what we used to do." And it can be difficult to bring some people along, and then you get involved in all the politics. So yeah, it's definitely. I always think of the saying that Rome was not built in a day, but it was built nevertheless. And so it's about getting towards that end, that end goal. Yep. Okay, so we're going to leave it there, short and sweet, but that should round off the mini series that we've done. So I hope it was useful for those that are listening. Other podcasts that we have is the Deconstructed series where we look at industries and then we look at reports within that industry and we go through them and talk about the, the good points and the improvement points and try and get, get some interviews with those that are responsible with the reports. So have a look and see what we have. Um, won't know what's published at what point. It depends when you're listening to this podcast, but we are uh, looking at mining. We're looking at the energy sector. We're going to be looking at con consumer goods and supermarkets. So lots, uh, lots to, to dig into there and hopefully that's useful. Um, for anyone that wants to find out more about us, they can find us at wearequan.com and then don't forget to subscribe, rate and review this podcast and give us any feedback. So on that, we're out. So bye-bye, Simon. 
Bye-bye. Speak to you soon. If you love the Cohen Report, hit subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget, you can find notes and materials discussed on the show at thecohenreport.com or follow us on Instagram at thecohenreport. The Cohen Report. How will you report next year?